This episode is brought to you by Kia's first three-row all-electric SUV, the Kia EV9. With available all-wheel drive and seating for up to seven adults. With zero to 60 speed that thrills you one minute. And available lounge seats that unwind you the next. Visit kia.com slash EV9 to learn more. Ask your Kia dealer for availability. No system, no matter how advanced, can compensate for all driver error and or driving conditions. Always drive safely. From the shape of the shadow to the time of totality, making data-rich maps that are a thing of beauty. I'm Tanya Hall, and joining me is Michael Zeiler, Eclipse cartographer. Welcome, Michael. Good to be with you, Tanya. So how did you get into making maps, specializing uh, in, in specifically maps for eclipses? Well, I've been um, traveling around the world to see total solar eclipses since 1991. Uh, and in the year 2009, I was preparing uh, for another eclipse that year. And this eclipse was at, at sea. And the existing eclipse maps um, weren't good enough for my purpose. I had a GPS receiver, and, and the ship was, was um, guaranteed to be at the point of very longest eclipse. So I wanted to keep the, the captain of the ship honest and make sure that we got to where, where it was advertised. And the, the existing maps weren't good enough, so I decided to combine my professional skills as a GIS professional with Esri, the leading GIS company, and my personal skills, I, uh, my personal interest in, in chasing solar eclipses. So that's basically how I got started. I, I put some maps together for that eclipse. They were very, very well received, and, and people who saw these maps encouraged me to produce more maps. So I launched two websites with many, many maps, eclipse-maps.com and also greatamericaneclipse.com. What are the different types of eclipse maps that you've built, and what are their objectives? What what objectives are they for the maps? Well, uh, each eclipse has has special challenges. Um, for example, the, the the recent eclipse that I just returned from in Chile, the sun was very low in the sky, and we were in the mountains of the Andes. So one thing is. In that area, you want to make sure that you, do, you don't get eclipsed by the mountains. You want to be eclipsed by the moon. So I produced some special maps that showed where the mountain shadows would lie at the time of total solar eclipse. So those were very useful. That, that's one kind of eclipse maps. For the 2017 eclipse in, in the USA, um, I, I knew that traffic would be a huge issue for that eclipse. So I made some maps applying GIS technology and using data from the U.S. Census Bureau and a, a very detailed road um, network of, of every single road in the United States. And, and I, I made some statistical assumptions and predicted where the traffic would be. And it, it generally turned out to be spot on. That's a lot of information. How do you organize the huge amount of data that it takes to provide the level of detail in your maps? What technology tools do you use in production? Well, I, I use uh, Eclipse calculations um, generated by my friend uh, who is Xavier Jubier from France. And, I, and we also use fundamental Eclipse uh, computations from uh, retired 
NASA astrophysicist named Fred Espinay. So those are my two chief collaborators in producing the maps that, that I use. Um, I, since I work in the GIS industry, I realized that um, GIS is a perfect technology for, for building hyper-precise eclipse maps far more accurate than ever before. I use Xavier's calculator to produce a gridded set of XYZ points um, and, and I, I generate a grid of about 50 million points that span the path of a total solar eclipse. And then I use um, GIS techniques, the same software that we use to generate topographic maps with the contours and the hill shading. I use the same software, except instead of applying it to terrain, I apply it to durations and circumstances of the eclipse. Uh, so what, one way th that I think about these maps is that um, they're really time surface maps. It's an interesting way to look at it. For, for the, you know, uh, uh, positions are measured in X, Y, and Z. And normally Z is the elevation above mean sea level. But the, the way I produce my maps is I take the Z value to be the time of the eclipse or the duration of the eclipse. And in a nutshell, that's how I produce these hyper-precise eclipse maps. Of the many eclipses uh, that you've witnessed in person, has your design process changed or improved as a result of actual firsthand viewing? Well, what really affects my work is that I also collect historic eclipse maps. And you look at some of them, and, and not only are they beautiful be and, and artistic, but, but they uh, were very cleverly designed and, and, and built. Um, everything on an eclipse map, or any map for that matter, should be intentional. You should keep your audience in mind, you should know exactly what information the reader needs and, and what level of detail to, to present that information. And so mainly I've learned from these old eclipse maps and uh, that, that, they, that has a heritage going back to 1654. The very earliest eclipse maps, I've, I've analyzed them and, and they were just ingeniously constructed. Uh, the very first eclipse map is actually kind of a frozen animation. And I just love that map. Um, it, it, it's on, on my website, eclipse-maps.com, uh, so if, if someone's interested in that. Um, and, and they can read my analysis of that. But, but that, that, that's, that's what mainly informs how I make my eclipse maps, as well as the uh, special circumstance of each eclipse. What has been your biggest surprise about how the public actually consumes your work? Uh, well, it, it, it's gratifying. You know, for example, when I went to Casper, Wyoming for, for the eclipse, I, I just continuously bumped into people who um, were using my maps. And, and, and so that, that, that's a good feeling. Um, I think people... Uh, uh, Love the, the, the special purpose maps. 
um, you know, that, that predict a, a certain aspect of the eclipse and that they really appreciate um, not, not only the precision, but the artistry that I'm trying to put into these maps. I feel very strongly about that, that in this computer age, not only uh, can we make maps that are very technical and precise, but I think we have to go the extra mile and I'm trying to, to, to bring back artistry to these maps and just make them beautiful. Eclipses are the most beautiful thing that you can experience in the sky. So the maps should be beautiful too. Completely agree. It's, they're amazing. So with, on that note, if you could only view one solar eclipse in the 21st century, which one would that be? Which one would you pick and why? Coming up, um, the 2045 eclipse across the United States. And um, I would pick that one because I'm greedy. I, I like long duration of totality. And that's got a very long duration. I believe it's over five minutes in certain spots. So, so that's a good one. And so I'm hoping to keep my, my good health uh, so that I can be there in 2045 and experience that eclipse. So that, that's one that I would pick. Sounds good to me, Michael. Michael Zeller, eclipse cartographer. If somebody wants to connect with you, how can they do that? Well, they, they can visit my website, greatamericaneclipse.com. They can also find me on social media. On Facebook, we're active at um, Great American Eclipse. That, that's the keyword that you would put into Facebook to find us. On Twitter, we're active as Amer um, at sign American Eclipse. You'll find us there. And on Instagram, um, you'll find us there as Great American Eclipse. Thanks again. That's Michael Zeiler, and he makes some great maps. Uh, we do appreciate his time. And if you guys want to find me, you can. You can go right here uh, to find more of my interviews or go to tanyahall.net. Thanks for watching.